I took most of the classes and I'd like leave and go to the skate park and go skating and have these feelings like I couldn't explain, I couldn't put my finger on it, just everything felt dreamy, felt mystical, and it was just a regular power yoga class. Hello yogis, hello listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dharma Talk. I'm your host, Henry Winslow, and this is episode number 44. That clip was from my interview with this week's guest, Yancey Scott Schwartz, my friend and just an all-around rad dude from Los Angeles by way of New York. Yancey, if you don't know him, is a really friendly, down-to-earth guy who does a lot of skateboarding. He's not just a one-trick pony, even though his yoga practice is jaw-dropping. He came into yoga because he stumbled across it while touring around skateboarding. That was his first passion, first love, and something that he continues to do. So in this episode, we talk about how he's managed to merge those two things into a lifestyle that really suits him. We talk about how yoga has provided Yancey a healthy counterbalance to the physical strain of skateboarding and also of the strain involved in skate culture. We talk about surrendering to and seizing opportunity from hiding in the back of the class with a hoodie up to receiving a free teacher training and then going on to be hand-selected to open a new yoga studio. These are the sort of things that you can't force to happen. You have to surrender and see when life presents you with opportunity. And finally, we talk about what constitutes a simple life, why Yancey is striving to do that, and the benefits to be gained from living a simple life. So please stay tuned through these announcements, and we'll dive into my interview with Yancey Scott Schwartz. Yogis, I have several events and workshops coming up in the New York City area that I hope that you can join me for. On January 26th, I am teaching a workshop at Three Jewels NYC on hips and twists, yoga for digestion and blockage release. On the weekend of February 15th through 18th, I am co-leading an immersion at Lighthouse Yoga School with my friends Jared McCann and Aviad Sasi. This is a great opportunity if you've been looking at going deeper in your practice, but you're not quite ready or maybe not interested in doing a teacher training. We're going to do all-day yoga, including asana classes, pranayama and meditation, posture clinics, and all sorts of yoga conditioning work as well. Also, you'll be surrounded by like-minded people who are interested in advancing their practice. Finally, I am giving a workshop at Yoga and Fitness Herald Square on March the 2nd on sun salutations. So if you're interested in joining any of these events, head on over to henrywins.com events. And for the immersion, don't forget to drop in my referral code henrywins to get 10% off the tuition. Okay, that's it. Hope to practice with you soon. Enjoy the interview. What's your purpose? What's your vision? What mark will you leave on this planet long after you're gone? I'm Henry Winslow, and you're listening to Dharma Talk, the only podcast where I interview inspirational yogis on how they're changing the world in their own unique ways. Whether you're still searching for your purpose or already walking the path, I hope these stories get you excited to live your dharma. Hello, Dharma Talk community, and welcome back to another episode. Today, my guest is Yancey Scott Schwartz. Yancey took his first yoga class in the Dominican Republic while on a skate tour. Yancey currently resides and teaches yoga in Los Angeles, California. He believes that through the yoga practices and techniques, we can free ourselves from the constraints of the body and the mind. Yancey is trying to lead a simple life. Yancey, how are you today? Thank you for coming on the show. I'm good. It's uh, morning here in LA and I'm good. Yeah, it's a pleasure to uh, be talking to you here on the show. Right. Yeah. Thank you for um, waking up early for this. I don't know if that's your, your norm to be up, but... Um... It's always a I little bit get of up, a... But I, I, I'm not normally talking to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. 
nice nice well um appreciate you taking a, a little divergence from your usual morning routine we always start these conversations sure. with the same first question so i'm going to give you that one now what does the word dharma mean to you and what is your dharma as you understand it today what does the word dharma mean to me and what is my dharma as i understand it today yeah is that what you just said yep okay the word dharma uh to me means follow like following your path, uh, your calling, I suppose. Um, I know things change for a lot of people. And for me, I feel what it means to me today is to, to spread the teachings of yoga as I know it, as I experienced it and from the knowledge that I've gained throughout the years. And that's it. Just to, um, that's my dharma. Following my dharma is to teach yoga. I, I guess what I've come to understand for now, yeah, mm -hmm. until it changes. But and has your has your understanding of what it means to share the practice of yoga changed? Um, yeah, I mean, when I started out, I was like a baby. I didn't know anything. I was just like, oh yeah, like this is so cool. A couple poses, like yeah, cool. This is pretty intense, and you know, like saying like. Um, you know, I, I took uh, uh, like Brian Cass's class and like people's classes and they were a little bit younger and, and or I don't know what they were, to tell you the truth, I was younger. And they do things like curse and class and stuff like that. And now I look at that and I'm like, man, that was a really ignorant thing to do. But I was young and, you know, you don't know and you learn from what you don't know and and now I know I would never do that in the class <laughs> these days. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and your introduction to yoga was, as I mentioned in your intro, was during a, a skateboarding tour. So how did that all happen? And um, what was your initial reaction to yoga having been in the context of skaters? Okay. Well, you know, um, Skateboarding is very, you know, like, it's a lot of guys and, uh, you know, uh, it's very, a lot of, I don't know, I would say machismo, but, you know, you, you risk yourself and you, you, there's a lot of bravado and, and you kind of go for things and try to, you know, almost laugh at, like, death in the face and be like, whatever, I don't care, I'm going to go for this, like, land or slam, like, you know, possibilities of breaking stuff or getting really hurt. Um, so I was always stretching prior to my introduction to yoga, but, you know, like I was shy. I was a young kid. I was always stretching at home, you know, in front of the TV. Cause I'd skate so much, my legs would get, like, cramp up. I'd cramp up, like, constantly because I'd skate so much so my legs couldn't take it. Um, and so... So it's kind of like a private thing. And then when I went on this skate tour, they had a yoga class in the hotel room and a couple of like the older skaters like went up and did it. So I went up and did it too because I want to be down, you know, check it out. Like, I, I don't care. I'm like, see, free yoga class in the roof. Like, great. And it was like ashram yoga. So I was like, like super chill wasn't anything like a power. I didn't know the difference between yoga, you know, and power yoga and all this kind of stuff. So, so it was like ashram yoga. Um, actually, to tell you the truth, it was exactly integral yoga, uh, Satchitananda's yoga. Um, so I thought nothing of it. Weird, cool. Take the yoga class, jump in the ocean, go to the city, film some tricks and that call it a day and come back and eat food and then do it again and the next morning like do the yoga it's part of like okay i'm here in this place and it's my intro to yoga um but actually let me backtrack when i was really young, I, i'm so bad with dates and time i don't i would say i had my first trip to los angeles i went to venice beach and i saw a man stretching doing this um samokonasana sideways splits like all sweaty all wiry um like in the sand 
And I was like, you know what? For some reason, that was attracted to me. I was attracted to that. I was like, I need to learn this. This is going to help me out. And I didn't know what a yogi was. But now I look back and reflect. I'm like, that was yogi. And then, like, later on in life, I took a skate trip. I was on a skate trip, like, got paid to go to Dominican Republic and film. And they had this yoga class upstairs. So I was like, okay. But I was introduced to it. I just didn't know what it was. And then I was like, I saw that guy, I was always stretching. I didn't know what, like, you know, I didn't know how to breathe or like, I was just like, I just need to like stretch my legs or whatever. Like, so that's kind of that in a nutshell, if, if that makes any sense. I don't know. It does make sense, especially the part about, you know, being exposed to something, having an unexplained attraction to it without even really knowing what it is and then having it recur in your life until you finally follow through with it and like seize the opportunity in a way. Um, I think that's a pattern that a lot of people can relate to myself included. When you did take that class and you didn't, you know, you said you didn't know the difference between, um, Satchitananda's yoga and, and power yoga and all these different, um, types and lineages. What was your reaction to that class? I know that you really did it because you wanted to, you know, just participate with the rest of the crew. But um, what was your experience? I thought it was weird and cool. I was like, okay, this is weird. Cool. Cool because it wasn't like, um, I I just thought it was cool. It was just weird. I'm like, I'm I'm down to get like to try things out. I'm pretty, pretty open. I'll try things, you know, and then, figure out if I, I like it or not, you know, or if it's for me or not. Um, it, it possibly, you know, um, at the time I wasn't so, uh, you know, like, Oh wow, this is it. I found it. Like, no, it wasn't that way. It took me a while after that to like really seek yoga on my own. Cause I, that was just like circumstance, perfect timing, whatever. But after that, after that trip, I didn't never took the yoga class or anything like that. Like it didn't it didn't happen that way. It took like um, like a few more years or something like that to like really get into it. Um, so yeah, my reaction was like, oh yeah, pretty cool, mm-hmm. um, interesting. Um, yeah, and that's it. And I kind of left it alone after that. I didn't go seeking it. It took yeah. a, uh, a couple of other antagonistic forces. To, to get me there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know that you are still like an avid skateboarder and I wonder, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit about what your relationship to each of these two things has become and, and how they work together for you. Um, the skateboarding and the yoga. Okay. So I think when I started skating, the consciousness in skating, skating has its own consciousness in and of itself. And, as uh, the newer generation come into play and the older generation become more aware, um, skateboarding is a very, I suppose, still to this day, a little bit more of a rock and roll lifestyle. You know, party, like lift fast, and you know, do a lot of damaging things to the body, let alone skateboarding in itself. There's a lot of substance abuse and partying. But as these generation of skateboarders get a little bit older they're like hey i want to skate so i'm older so their consciousness changes because they realize that their body can't handle it and so they're living like more healthy lifestyles putting yoga into play so my relationship with skateboarding and yoga in the beginning i was at that mindset where it was like yeah party 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 and then as i got a little bit deeper into yoga, wait, this is not um, in alignment. It's like, I'll feel it physically. So my body, um, through practice, 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 you know, no more partying, no more this, so it's just, you purify your body, so it rejects those kind of things. And so my relationship with yoga and skating is, um, Skating is still very jarring on your physical form. So yoga is a very healing moduality, although some of the poses that 
you or I might do uh, may seem a little bit extreme to some, but for me, I'm sure for you as well, I can't speak for you, but, um, you know, it's just uh, a deeper expression. I have to go a little bit deeper to get to where I need to go because I am capable of it. And so, yeah, so it's like, you know, um, what's a great analogy or an example would be like, let's say standing forehead to knee, right? You know this pose. You round down, you grab your foot, you're rounding your spine, you get all the benefits. But if you can kick out, you kick out, you know? Might as well go, you know, do what you can do. Like, Or if you have a, like a, you know, a Lamborghini, this open road, yeah, I'm going to press the pedal to the metal. Because so, mm-hmm. I can, because, you know, like that's, you know, but if I was, you know, in a, in a, like a Ford Escort and like it's on its last limb, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that, you know? So I am capable. It feels like a healing moduality. And, um, and I'm going to find that deepest expression of that moduality. So skateboard, uh, skateboarding is kind of jarring, it's still fun. Freeing, you have to be in the moment, like yoga. If not, the consequences are, are, you know, there's a heavier price. There's consequences in yoga too, depending on like, like what you're doing, if you know what you're doing or not, and you can't push it, or it'll let you know. But the yoga is more healing, so it counterbalances, counterbalances it. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, I don't know. My what happens in my head, what comes out of my mouth, and what people perceive is like, I don't know if it makes sense. So <laughs> that's shell like skateboarding is freaking hard on the body like i'm sore you fall but the heat i love hot yoga the heat's healing it's purifying and um and like all yoga i don't have to do i took a, a non-heated class the other day and it was great yeah. it's all healing man downward dog you stretch everything the whole back of the body it's great do a couple upward dogs stretch the front of the body like it's great yeah <laughs> Feels no, healing. I- I totally know what you mean. Uh, you can never control how people are going to perceive what you're saying, no matter how, how perfectly clear it comes out. But um, I, what I took away from what you said is, well, I appreciate the explanation around why you know, certain people, yourself, myself included, do these poses that seem kind of extreme. Yeah, I mean, we're still looking for a therapeutic benefit there. And when you keep practicing a lot, uh, these poses open up and, and they start to unlock new sensations that are still deeply healing. So I definitely agree with you on that. But kind of to go back to uh, the the crux of my initial question, which was how you're using the skateboarding and yoga together. Skateboarding, yeah, it's like it can put a little bit of... A little bit of... interrupt really quick? Yeah, sure. Um, skateboarding, skateboarding, um, inside of me, I have like a fire, an Agni, and skateboarding helps that channel. Mm-hmm. And then yoga is a more full calm. So I still got like the crazy fire in me, Henry. So I'm like, oh, you know? So that's like my like fire, I guess my young. And then the yoga is more like, yeah, chill, like peace, hippie love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you said that you know that skateboarding puts a lot of um, strain on the body, physically speaking, with the actual, you know, the movements and the impact of the sport. But you also kind of alluded to the tangential strain on the body that comes from the culture around skateboarding. How have you dealt with that? And specifically, you know, as you got deeper into your yoga practice, did yoga teacher trainings and made that an important part of not only your life, but your identity. How did that, um, how did that change the way that you interacted in your social circles with the skaters? Oh man, before, when I first started yoga, you know, it was like heavily, um, um, skateboarding was heavily encoded into me. So I'm like, everything sucked. Every, everyone sucked. And skateboarding's king and everyone's everyone's kind of like a kook. So I would be like, ah, when I first started yoga, I would like go to the yoga classes and I like, don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to any of these yogi people. Like they're like, whatever, like leave me alone. I just want to do my yoga. 
and run back to the skateboarder. Now, it's kind of changed. I go skating. Now I like, I can't wait to be around like, I'm not saying I'm like a very social person. I'm not very social per se, but I like to be around like yogis because it's like a more like healing kind of environment. Although it's changing in skateboarding, but for example, yesterday uh, I went skating and there, you know, people are offering me, people are drinking, going to the liquor store from the skate park, smoking weed. It's still the same, like when I was younger, smoking weed, offering me all kinds of like substances, and I'm just like, no, I don't do that anymore. Like, I, or I, or I, or I say, I don't, I can't do that. Like, I'm, I don't do that. Like, and it's fine. They, they respect me because when it boils down to it, doesn't matter if you're like crazy, whacked out on whatever, um, or not. What speaks in skateboard culture is skateboarding. So that's what speaks. If you have a cool attitude, I have a cool attitude. Um, I keep to myself. I mind my business. I interact, but I just don't partake in that kind of stuff. And I don't judge them per se either because um, you know I've been there. I'm, I was young, but I'm hoping my interaction in the skateboard world, like if I'm skating good or like, and people have been intrigued by me, kind of like an anomaly. Because they're like, oh wow, this guy's skating good. So, they, so, like anything else, I just try to lead by example. And if people ask me, hey, like, what, how come you skate so good? And I'm like, oh yeah, I do this diet, I, I stretch every day, I do yoga. If they ask, I'm not like a preacher. Mm-hmm. If they ask where, where people are interested, and yeah, a couple people are interested. And, you know, they're like smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer, or smoking weed, you like, Yo, Yancey, like, I want to go to one of your yoga classes one day. I'm like, yeah, sure. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. You know? They, they've come they've come to, like, realize, like, oh, like, this dude does other stuff. And so hopefully by example, like, or by just skating good, you know, like, people are cool and they want to hang out with me. They're like, yo, let's go skate. I'm like, okay, great. Let's go. Like, and... All day yesterday, skating. Have you inspired many people to pick up a yoga practice from from skating? A couple of people come and go. You know, I don't push anything on anybody. A couple of people come and go. They come, you know. It's meant to happen. That's cool. I don't, you know, know, um, a, a few people. Yeah, a few people interested. A few people come to classes and some good friends like you know i would say they're like you wouldn't know so much but yeah a couple like a lot of pros the consciousness is shifting Mm -hmm. in skateboarding the older generation is putting out a good example because they've partied and now they're a little bit older and the younger generation's looking up to them it's not where i'd like it to be but it's getting better you know hopefully you know with all like media and the hype and skateboarding like you know they see them people are treating it like like really athletes and trying to be healthy although you know athletes party and all that kind of stuff they still party but more on a, a healthier tip like oh yeah yoga is prevalent like or exercising or healthy diet or that kind of stuff and you know they still party but at least their their health health conscious is, is growing their awareness is growing in skateboarding as opposed to where it's like yeah party 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 you know none of that health aspect was shown you see a couple skaters stretching here and there but like now it's more prevalent yeah Henry. yeah so i mean i know from speaking to you in personal conversations that even if in the beginning yoga was like um physical stretching to prepare you to, to go skating that now it's taken on a much deeper meaning for you. And you've got a spiritual practice that you're very committed to every morning. So let's, let's spin the clock back a little bit. Like when, how did that yeah. start to evolve for you? And I know you moved to New York for a while and then moved back to LA. Um, how did you get deeper into your yoga practice? How did you be, end up becoming a teacher? Okay. 
So I guess it would start with how to end up becoming a teacher and going from there. Mm -hmm. So I got back from Puerto Rico um, or Dominican Republic. Man, I've been to so many crazy places skateboarding. Mm -hmm. So I got back. I did a couple of tours and then I was in the U.S. I did a tour and and um, and then I actually after a tour, I was living in New York at the time working at skateboard shops and I met this girl and she started going to yoga for people in New York and she's like Yancy you gotta you gotta try this yoga I'm like, you know I'm like okay I started dating this girl so you gotta try this yoga I'm like okay great and this was like years after I did that skate trip and did that yoga and the whatever I'm like yeah I know yoga I've done it before I'm like yeah for sure, cool. I didn't know what styles of yoga there were. So I go to this yoga class, yoga to people. It's like a Brian Kess class, power yoga. And people, they had us holding these poses and people are loud breathing, like letting out sighs of relief. And I was like almost cracking up because it's like so ridiculous. I'm like, this is so stupid. People are like, what is this? Because I was used to the ashram. You know, I didn't understand what was going on. And they had you holding these poses. Like, I just want to stretch and chill. Like, this is so <laughs> dumb. And I was like almost laughing. It was like people are having like uh, uh, releases. Like, ah. Like, it sounded like they were like getting off. And I was like. Yeah. Like, skateboarding in me was inside like kind of cracking up. And then. A part of me was kind of pissed because I don't want to hold this lunge or or chair pose. Like, my, this hurts. This is, like, not fun. This is not, like, relaxing. This is actually stressful and this is dumb. This is really dumb. So I never went back after a year. She took me to Brazil. And I was such an anti-yoga. I was like, yoga stupid. She's like, no, da-da-da. We come back from Brazil. I was in Brazil for a month. We come back from Brazil. And I was skating in Brazil, awesome, eating acai, like, boy of summer, jumping in the ocean, skating around. Come back from Brazil, working at the skate shop, um, and she kept going to yoga, and she became a teacher. And through becoming a teacher there at this company, I'm sure you probably heard the stories, they told her, like, hey, we're going to open up a studio in Berkeley, California. We want you to go out there and open up the studio. It'll be for, like, a couple months to help open up a new studio. She became certified, opened up the, helped open up a studio. And I was back in New York. So I was like, hey, I want to come visit you. I'll come visit you. She's like, yeah, sure. Great. And out of my mouth, I'm like, yeah, I can't wait. So my internal monologue on the phone was like, great, I go get to see my girlfriend, I get to skate California, Berkeley, I'm already scoping out all the skate parks and all the spots. And I told her out of my mouth, I was like, yeah, and I'll take your yoga class. And I didn't mean to say that. It just came out of my mouth like a, a Freudian slip or whatever like that. I'm like, oh, man. But I said I'd do it. So she... um when I got there, she showed me like the basics, like a chaturanga, a warrior one, a warrior two. And before I even took the class, she's like, look, let me just show you some basics. And then so like you're not like lost in the class or whatever. And you're not like laughing or whatever, like feel self-conscious because I was super self-conscious at the time. She showed me the basics. I took a class. And I was like, they're trying to kill me. Like, these girls are trying to, like, make it super hard for me because I was super strong. I'm like, yeah, I'm tough as nails, like, skating, blah, blah, blah. And after the class, I kind of felt that, like, euphoric yoga high feeling. And I went skateboarding, and everything was so nonchalant and casual, almost like I was floating on the skateboard. I'm like, okay. I don't know what it is, but I got to keep doing it. So I took every single class that they offered. And then I always go to the skate park because there would be a break or they'd have to, like, 
I took most of the classes and I'd like leave and go to the skate park and go skating and have these feelings like I couldn't explain it, couldn't put my finger on it, just more so I was like everything worked out, everything felt dreamy, felt mystical and it was just a regular power yoga class, no chanting, no nothing like that, I wasn't into that. Went back to New York, was in a warrior, I kept going to yoga like on the low, like by myself, like like in the back, leave me alone, like hoodie sweater, like in the back, just do my practice and go skating because I want that feeling. And then uh, they offered me, the owner of the yoga studio, tapped me on the shoulder and he's like, how'd you like to do teacher training for free? Think about it, let me know during the class. So I was like, I'm a skateboarder and I'm like, free? So I was like, I'll take anything for free. I'm like, great, let's let's do it. So I told the skate shop, hey man, I'm gonna need the weekends off for at least a month or whatever, two months. And they're like, oh, the manager was pissed at me because he likes to skate on the weekends. He's like, all right. And the owner to the yoga studio, I mean to the uh, skate shop, it was an ex-model chick and a good friend of mine and she practices yoga. She was like, yeah, this is great. She used to practice at Jiva Mukti. And uh, she was like, yeah, great. So they let me do it. So that's how I became a yoga teacher. And then after that, to get deeper, you know, I got certified. I did my training. And then they did the same thing to me. How would you like to go to San Francisco and open up a yoga studio? Because I was very handy with my hands, electrical, carpentry, and all this kind of stuff that I picked up, you know, along the way, living, whatever. I went to San Francisco, opened up the yoga studio, and then San Francisco is a mecca of yoga, especially all those old hippies, you know, like trying all these um, esoteric ways and all this kind of stuff. So there's a lot of yoga out there. So I went, you know, on my spare time, I'd go to the skate park and i try out different classes. So I found different teachers, different yoga, and... Um, and that's and they had an ashram over there, and I was going. My friend was doing training at the ashram, a skateboarder, at Integral. So I go to Integral Yoga. I do Nestrovayam of the Eye Movement and all this uh, chants and all this weird stuff, long shoulders chants, and hang out at the ashram and do ashram life, and then check out all these other yoga things. So that's how I got deeper, and then I was like interested so I was like you know looked up online all these kind of yoga stuff on let me look up the sutras let me look up, up like all these kind of stuff and and that's how I started evolving getting deeper because I was doing power yoga I wasn't really interested in advanced poses I would just do my practice but I would go always check out other classes and other teachers just to get information and see what's out there and then later on and later on down the line in San Francisco a few, it was supposed to be a couple of months and it ended up being like five years. I just ate over there. And this gentleman, older gentleman, you know, all these teachers used to come in and out like from the company, like, yo, yes, let me show you this. And I was like, I don't care, dude. I just want to do my practice and skate. But this older gentleman is like, hey, let me show you the rocket. And there's something magical about him because he admired uh, the work that I did in the studio like my handiwork, because he was a handyman too, like electrician and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay. So he showed me the rocket, and we were doing things like practicing for four hours a day, like in the middle, like straight, doing all this crazy stuff, all these crazy asanas, all this crazy pranayama that I had no clue what I was doing, but I was just doing it because this is the guy that opened the door for me. I would do all this kind of stuff and show me the rocket. And then later on in life, I, I did that rocket training. I understood the, the philosophies behind it, like Ashtanga, like uh, the primary, the, the uh, what do you call this? Um, the Yoga Chakista, the Nadi Shadana, and then the uh, Sita Bhagda. So I understood all this, like the, the legs grounding, you know. Uh, forward bending, and then the nerve cleansing, the arm balances, the back bends, and then after you master the bottom half and the upper half, half of your body, you move like uh, advanced poses and 
and third series, Stiravagda, moving with divine grace. So with constant practice, 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 I did the lower body and the skating helped prepare me because my legs were strong and flexible. I always wanted to stretch them. And then the upper body came easy. That's why dancers have it easy because they always work their legs. And then once they get to yoga, the upper body comes into play and they get the upper body mastered and then they can do kind of whatever. The body's not so much of a block, I suppose, to say in better layman's terms. So yeah, that's how I got deeper. And then, then I went to move back to New York for a short while. And, you know, I met Jared and all these guys. I met Jared on trips back to New York and, and all these guys. And then, and, um, on trips back to New York, I took, do you know, Nikki, Nikki Carter? Yeah. So I took Nikki's class and something about her class, like, I don't know what it was. It just blew me away and it made me want to get deeper into yoga. And then later on, I took another few trips back to New York and, um, or I moved back. I don't remember. And they're like, you got to go see Dharma. Practice next to Yosho. He's just like you. Go see Dharma. Practice next to Yosho. He's just like you. And I had met Jared, Jared and Julia. So Julia and Nikki took me to Dharma. And I was scared to go. Because I was like, oh my God, this is going to be too intense for me. And it was great. And I was like, this is it. You know, I was doing Rocket before, but it's like the best of all the world. I get to do everything, you know. And like, it was like Ashtanga, but like a little bit slower. It was great. So I was like, okay. And then Julia said she was going to do the training. And um, she backed out. And I met Nicholas with Julia, and he was like an old Dharma yogi. And I was practicing with Nicholas even before I went to Dharma. So I was doing like all these mantras with Nicholas and practicing with Nicholas, and he was showing me all these weird things. And I'm like, okay. And then I finally went to Dharma's, and I was like, okay, great. This is it. So I was like, she said she was going to do the training. I had so many saves like from like teaching and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, ah, I took all my money out, and I did his. 500 hour not knowing what it was about I was just like I need to whatever and John was like I saw him in the elevator one day he's like you're gonna love it being around all these people like the same spiritual energy I'm like yeah great I'm excited and then then I did the training and then there was all this diet and I became a vegan and oh there was all these restrictions and they're like no coffee and then I was practicing so much and like and through Dharma's training, the training life of a yoga, yogi, through his training, I was doing all this physical stuff and a little bit of pranayama here and there and like delving into that. But he gave me a, a, a pranayama practice because we do pranayama every morning and then figured out a nice sadhana for myself. And, and um, yeah, through that, I've refined a nice home practice which is not that physical. It's more sitting, meditation, sitting in lotus, and lots of different um, techniques um, that aren't so popular that you wouldn't find in most yoga studios. Most people can't sit still, so you know, the, the phys- physicality of it's just not viable, not strong enough, so it's not popular. So I do these things that aren't popular by myself at home, and I got deeper, and... Uh, yeah, it's been all, um, you know, people are just, you know, people, they see you practice and they're like, whoa, like, uh, how, or whatever. And yeah, a lot of practice. And then I think that um, that sadhana that I do in the morning um, uh, eliminates a lot of mental constraints that most people couldn't get past perhaps you know but you have to be able to sit so well so that's like in a nutshell <laughs> long story short I, I mean thank you for sharing that whole story it's really exciting to to hear um the whole journey and kind of your your internal thoughts surrounding each step along the way so thanks for sharing that um, one thing that I kind of want to go a little bit deeper on is this idea of, of constraints because it came up twice. Once with 
the Dharma teacher training being in, like having these new constraints imposed or encouraged upon you with the diet and, and maybe some other things. And then also you said that a lot of people are held back by the mental constraints that they put on themselves. So how did that, um, how did that sit with you when you were first told, you know, maybe you shouldn't eat meat or you shouldn't do certain things. And did you have any resistance to that? Or was it something that you welcomed right away? No, a little bit of resistance, but I, I was like, I was already a vegetarian, but you know, like, okay, well, this is what I have to do. Like, I paid all this freaking money for this training. I'm like, all right, okay. It was, it was a little bit hard at first, but then, you know, you get used to it like anything else. Like, I'm open to it. So, you know, I'm always up for, I wouldn't say I'm up for a challenge, but like, hey, this is what I have to do, this is what I have to do. So I just do it. Like, you know, I don't, um, yeah, it, it, it sucked at first, and then you get used to it like anything else, just like a yoga pose. You do it, you get used to it, you get past the physical aspects of it, and then, you know, you'll receive something much more fascinating. So, yeah, the, at first, there's a little bit of mental constraints, but I practice so much where it's like, okay, here we go again. Okay, new thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, have to keep keep at it and whatever, years, you know, like, time, whatever. It doesn't, irrelevant. Eventually, things will click. Things will open up. So, I'm yeah. like, at this point, I'm used to it. So, like, at that stage in my yoga uh, path, I was like, all right great like this sucks again like it doesn't stop like okay whatever <laughs> you know like yeah but <laughs> yeah, you, I, like, I don't know if it was before or after that but at a certain point you also decided you know i'm gonna cut out the alcohol and drugs that are so pervasive in, in my like skating social social circle circles um, so obviously you know there was something that you felt you were gaining in exchange for giving certain things up yeah, I mean, um, you know, I was just more aware of myself. I can like really, it wasn't a dulling of the senses. So a lot of skateboarders will dull their senses. And so they kind of almost feel invincible. You can like fall on your face and get right back up. And, you know, I've seen skateboarders like break their wrists and still skating or skating with cast and all this kind of stuff, you know, get right back up and skate. Like, you know, like look at Danny Wei. He jumped the Great Wall of China. First go around, you know, he snapped his ankle, he like fractured his ankle. And then the next day he took a bunch of like whatever, did it, you know? So it's like that kind of mentality. So as I became more aware of myself, through yoga and like trying to like be a little bit healthier it's like okay i know when it's time to push things i know when it's time not to push things i know when's the right time the right moments for things so and that's that and i'm not going to try to chase knowing what i know about the yoga practice and i'll explain it very easily the guna the three states tamas Sabik and uh, Rajas. So skateboarding is more like on the Rajasic side. And I'm not going to go chase something that's going to last me three seconds. The trick is about three seconds to five seconds, depending on the trick. It's so fast. So I'm not going to go chasing that feeling three seconds. So if I've been skating my like whole life and all these seconds amount to what, like a month or whatever, you know, combined all these tricks and chasing that it's like a rat on a wheel chasing nothing so i'm trying to find like a topic state enjoy those moments when i can and not chase anything i don't feel like push or chase i'm not trying to be lazy either i'm still skating like as much as i can just like the yoga practice i do my practice it doesn't have to be every day like foot behind the head or feet on the back you know i practice those things a lot and they're there 
but what's always there is like that baseline, um, you know, through my sadhana, that's helpful. And if it so happens that I miss my sadhana because of circumstances, I'm not going to go beat myself over the head over it. You now I have a steady practice and missing one day, but like not. That would be stupid, like to, oh my God, I missed miss this one day because I had to do something, you know, circumstance. I had to like the cable guy or something, or I had to wait or important phone call. Like, yeah, so that's how that works. So I'm just more self-aware of myself. I know through yoga practice and philosophy, I'm not going to go chase anything. I'm not going to go barge or hurt myself, like. You know, those things do happen, but I'm not, like, pushing the envelope like that or, you know. Does that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's also a perfect segue into, um, let's have one last question um, in reference to your your intro at the beginning. Yancy is trying to lead a simple life. What does that mean? What does it mean to lead a simple life to you? And, And why is that important? Um... Simple life, uh, it just creates more space. I don't need to, like, make, like, I just teach, go skate, make a little bit of money to pay my bills. I'm happy. I don't need to be, you know, there's all these, I see all, like, it looks nice. Like, I don't know. It could be great. I don't yet to explore it, but I hate flying. I don't like traveling too much. I like my routines and, um, yeah, I change it up here and there, but I'm not looking for anything like, you know, like too extravagant. If if something extravagant comes my way, I'm not an idiot. I'm like, okay, cool, great. I'm always open to things, but I'm not chasing anything, me mm-hmm. per se. So I'm just that's what it means to be a simple life. So I don't have to like stuff already pops up that's complicated like hey teach this do that do that i'm like okay if i can okay we'll see you know if i have time but just leaving space for other things so if i lead a simple life if other things do pop up i'm not going to be overwhelmed so if those yeah. nice skin trips like yancy do this do that or like come here teach a workshop here or do that or come here so it's like okay I lead that much of a simple life that I have room or space if I want to create something else. Mm-hmm. That's my simple life. Like, I don't really go out. I'm not very social. My extent of social is, like, outside of the yoga class. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, cool, awesome. I'll have a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or there's like, a, there's, like, a scene. There's, like, a scene over here at the green. If I want to get a social fix, I'll go over there and I'll get my social fix for the week. And then I, I'm outside skateboarding. I'm outside all the way all day. I'm interacting with people, but I'm I'm more to myself. So that's 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 how that goes. If that explains anything, um, yeah. I don't. I, I want to keep things simple. All I do is wake up, do my practice, teach, skate, take a class for fun or whatever, you know. And then I work on stuff on my own that I'm working on, go home, eat my food, rest. That's it. And then uh, to fill the gaps, like sometimes I do some carpentry, um, I play guitar. That's it. Simple. Yeah. Keep it simple. Leave space for the unexpected and, and allow, allow simple to be profound. All right, Yancy, check it out. We're gonna we're gonna finish up with the last section of the interview. It's called the Prana Round. So here I'm gonna ask you six rapid fire questions, and you answer in minimum one word, maximum one sentence. All right. Oh wow, I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. In one word, why do you practice yoga? Um. It's healing. What's your favorite yoga pose and why? Handstand scorpion. It's a beautiful balance between strength and flexibility. What is the single best cue or piece of advice that you've ever received from a yoga teacher? 
are you a teacher or a preacher? <laughs> nice. The rhetorical question. Recommend one book, modern or ancient, for our audience. Rec excuse me, you cut out. Recommend what? Recommend one book, either modern or ancient, for our listeners. Okay, that's great. Um, oh, the... Um, What's that book? The um, uh, by um, D.K.S. Iyengar, uh, light, light on, light on life, not light on yoga, light on life. That's a great book. I love that book, and I recommend it yeah. often as well. Um, okay, yeah. is, is yoga for everyone? Um, it is for everyone. Uh, like, uh, David life says, um, yoga is for everyone, but does it choose you? Mm. All right. Last question. How can our audience get in touch with you and how can we support you in your Dharma? Um, how can they get in touch with me? Instagram is super easy. I'm pretty active on that. Uh, at Yancey Scott Schwartz. Um, and I have a website. It's not up to date because I'm kind of a, a lagger on that. Um, I'm not that computer savvy. Um, and I'm in LA. Um, and how anybody can help me in my Dharma? Uh, I don't know. Just, just be a nice person. That's helpful. That'll help everybody. Yeah. <laughs> just be nice. Just be nice. All right, Yancy, um, yep. thank you again for, for taking the time this morning, for waking up and, and chatting with me in the early hours. I appreciate you and all you're doing, so have a great rest of the day. Yeah, let me know when you're in L.A. I want to take your class, man. Take care. I'll let you know when I'm in New York. Hey, Dharma Talk community. If you enjoyed this podcast and you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button right now. And if you'd like to show your support even more, leave me an honest review on iTunes or whatever podcast directory you listen on. You can also make a financial contribution to keep the show up and running, a donation at henrywins.com. And remember, I'm here to serve you. So if you have any questions or comments or ideas, you can always reach me on Instagram at henrywins. Otherwise, I'll speak to you next week. Keep living your dharma.